0: This is the last in my little series of three. Next week, it is Pastor Jeff, <clears throat> which will please my wife very much. <laughs> she says, I like Jeff preaching. <clears throat> so you've got a convert. <clears throat> We've been looking at the five attributes of a healthy church to belong to something healthy, life-giving. And what has life grows? What is healthy, grows. Healthy things grow. So we've been looking at that through the, uh, since the new year, and we were looking at five aspects. Worship, where people worship the Lord in, in the congregation. Fellowship, which should be meaningful discipleship we looked at last week, which doesn't count the cost. Today we're going to look at ministry and evangelism. And I better rush because I've a lot to, to, to get through. In fact, I, I should be finished by three anyway. <laughs> ministry. <clears throat> ministry. Um, in the 80s, I used to go each year to uh, a great church in New York called the Rock Church. And, uh, oh, they 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 were wonderful in those days. And there was a chorus that we were singing in England called, I'm going to stay right under the blood where the devil can do me no harm. And I taught them this chorus when I was out there, well, they loved it. They sang it and sang it and sang it and sang it some more. I took a little tape recorder with me so I could, I know they were famous for singing and stuff, so I took it so I could tell the old folks back home what happened here. Well, I kept switching it on and off. (laughs) They loved it. There was such joy in the meeting. I re- they, they used to get a lot of people from the shows and people like that in, and uh, you'd see them in church on Sunday, then see them on the telly on Monday. <laughs> One girl came waltzing down out of the balcony, did a couple of pirouettes at the front and went back. Then There was a couple of fellas at the front in the second row. They jumped out of their seats They were doing the Highland Fling at the front. It was pandemonium. Fabulous. (laughs) And uh, they thanked me for bringing this chorus to them. But I thought, I never wrote the words of that song. I didn't compose the tune of that song. All I did was pass on Something that I had from somebody else. And I think that's ministry. The Apostle Paul said, I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. I got it, and I've given it. So the message this morning is about giving something back giving something back. There there are three lists of gifts in the New Testament, in Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, and uh, in the passage in Romans that I'm going to read to you, although someone has identified about 27 different gifts in the New Testament. (laughs) And... uh, it is using your gifts to bless others. So I'm going to read to you from Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read from verse 4 uh, to uh, 9, I think it is. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. It says in Ephesians, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Now, good deeds will never buy salvation. We are saved by God's grace, his favor. There is nothing that we can do to earn our salvation. But once we are saved, once we are born again, once we are in the family of God, God has prepared good works for you and I to do. Um, now, I'm going to look briefly at four aspects of these gifts. And I suppose all gifts, to a degree, are spiritual. Some w- w- maybe were, were more natural uh, to us, part of when we, w- we were born and this kind of thing. Uh, Mozart was composing music when he was four years old. <laughs> and that's a something that you are born with. Some, some gifts we are born with, others are supernaturally given to us. So first of all, identify your gift. So I'm just going to highlight these particular gifts that we looked at in this passage from um, Romans. Um, we call these the gifts of uh, the Father, uh, the creative gifts from the Father. The others... The Ephesians one, we generally call gifts of Christ to the church, and the uh, Corinthian ones we call the gifts of the Spirit, and we're going to be doing uh, a series on the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, uh, I was chatting with Jeff uh, in the week, and we're going to do, I'm going to get him on the spot here, he's going to do the book of Revelation sometime. (laughs) Uh, Somebody asked me earlier in the week, why haven't we done a series on the book of Revelation? I said, because nobody knows what it means. But but we do, we do, and and, and Jeff is gonna explain it all to you. (laughs) So so you have nothing to worry about. So some of these gifts, if it is prophesying, prophesy according to the proportion of faith. What is prophecy? Prophecy is the ability to receive messages from God and to communicate them to others. Now, this is a primary gift that is a gift to bless the church of Jesus Christ. And in the book of Corinthians, it compares speaking with tongues with prophecy. And this is what the apostle said. But the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. He said a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but the one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. And of course, we're we're told in the Bible to covet to prophesy, that we might bless the church and strengthen one another and comfort one another. Now, comfort in, in the Bible, um, it's not really like you would think of a mother comforting a child that's fallen down and said, there, there, there. <clears throat> Sometimes comfort is a sparing on. I understand the, the, the Bayan Tapestry of William the Conqueror, William has a sword, and he's uh, putting this sword to the rear end of his soldier. And the word is, William comforteth his soldier. (laughs) It's the old English word. It means to spare on, get going. And prophecy builds up, strengthens, encourages, and spares us on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a great gift. Then the, the gift of service, the ability to identify unmet needs involved in a task related to God's work and to make use of available resources to meet those needs. Jesus said, I am among you as one who serves. He took a towel on the, the, the night of the last supper and a bowl of water and he washed the dirty feet of the disciples. Service. People have a lovely way of serving. People just do things. And we think of the the folks that you can't see at the back. Dave and and Anna and uh, Matt and Peter and Phil and the others who do the technical side of the church, they serve us and we're grateful for that ministry, aren't we? Hallelujah. And people who just put the chairs away or just do things, they just serve you. Um, People who do the shopping for other folks, make people, make meals for folks just to serve somebody. And some folks are really good at this. They're great ones at serving. Then there's teaching. Um, it's the ability to communicate information relevant to the health and ministry of the body of Christ in such a way that others may learn. I've told you, Jeff is a great Bible teacher. My wife likes his, his preaching. i You know, there's no accounting for taste, but. (laughs) (laughs) Then there are those who teach in the children's ministry to communicate wonderful biblical truth in a way that kiddies can understand. And how many of us have been grateful for wonderful Sunday school teachers in the past, who have taught us the ways of God, just to be able to teach somebody the ways of the Lord, and to make simple things, to make complicated things easy to understand. And that's the the idea of good Bible teaching. And then there is exhortation, that is the ability to minister words of comfort, consolation, and encouragement uh, in a way that makes people feel better and they are helped. Um, Barnabas was called the son of consolation. He was a great encourager. How many of us need a word of encouragement from time to time, don't we? I think three of us, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. There may be more online. That, just to be encouraged to be spared on a little bit. It's a great ministry to have in any, any congregation of God's people because heaven knows there's a lot of bad news around, isn't there? And when you watch the... I switched the news off. I, I, I thought, oh... There's so much fear around. So much fear and fear... in in you know, with a COVID thing and all and fear and and discouragement. How wonderful for someone with a gift of encouragement, hallelujah, and to spare one another on in the things of God. <clears throat> and then there's giving, that, that special ability that God gives to contribute their material resources to the work of the Lord over and above the normal. <clears throat> and to do this with liberality and cheerfulness. It is said of Andrew Carnegie. Andrew Carnegie um, emigrated from Scotland to America when he was just a small boy, went with his family over to America and made a fortune. He became the richest man in the world at that time. And he said, a man who dies rich dies disgraced. (laughs) He gave it all away before he went. <clears throat> Somebody was talking to a guy uh, who was working all hours, trying to make as much money as possible. They said to him, <clears throat> you're going to be the richest man in the cemetery if you carry on like that. <laughs> but this special, and praise God, we have people here, I don't know. I never look at, and I never have looked at who contributes what in this church, so I don't know. Um, but we have people who are so kind and generous in our assembly. And through the Christian uh, uh, world, th- there is such generosity of spirit over and above the, 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 the ministry of giving. And then there is the ministry of leadership that we <clears throat> we were, we've just read. The ability to set goals in accordance with God's purpose For the future and to communicate these goals to others in such a way that they voluntarily and harmoniously work together to accomplish those goals. Some people have a nice knack of getting others, leading others to do things. Thinking of Emma here, she got this Connect lunch going (laughs) and it's been one of the best things we've done for ages. just to get others involved. If you, if you have that gift, do it diligently. And then showing mercy, um, being kind, the ability to feel genuine empathy and compassion for individuals, both Christians and non-Christians, who suffer distressing physical, mental, or emotional problems, and to translate that compassion into cheerfully done deeds that reflect Christ's love and alleviate the suffering. To be kind and to be merciful. What a wonderful gift this is. So, to identify your gift. What is your gift? You have something from the Lord. What is your primary gift? <clears throat> we will all have a primary gift the things we would do be- best, and then we would have secondary gifts of things we do less well. <clears throat> well, first of all, you can ask somebody what they feel your primary gift is, <clears throat> um, if you're not sure. They will tell you what we have done in the past, in the small groups. Each of us have written in about somebody, how we see that person. And we go around the room, maybe eight to 10 people, you go around the room and they say, I I think you're good at this. And often people do not see in themselves what they are good at. Sometimes people can feel that they have gifts that they don't really possess. Now, if I said to you, my primary gift is singing. It is my ministry. And uh, my best friend told me how he was blessed when I sing. And in fact, I've, 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 I was only reading the Bible this morning. And would you believe it? I put my finger in the place, and there it was. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. So <clears throat> I now know... I now know that this is of God. <clears throat> and everything is going fine until I begin to minister in song. <laughs> and then you realize this is not my primary gift. <clears throat> I'm still trying to find out what it is. <clears throat> so secondly, not only identify your gift, um, but increase your gifts. Jesus told the, the parable or the, the story of the nobleman that went, uh, gave each of his servants uh, a pound. It says in the old Bible, in the more modern versions, it's got the, a minor, which is a, a piece of money. He gave them all a, a pound. And then he went into a... A, a, a far country and he was crowned as king and then he came back and he said how much have you earned by trading with this money that I've given to you and the first one said your 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 pound has gained 10 the other one said my your pound has gained five he said have authority over 10 cities to the first one. Have authority over five cities to the next one. And then one guy came and he said, he said, I knew that you were a hard man. He said that you, you, you reap where you hadn't sown and all this. And I hid your money. And here it is. And the Lord said, you wicked and slothful servant, take the money from him and give it to the one who has ten. For everyone that has shall be given, and him who who doesn't have, even what he doesn't have will be taken from him. The Lord expects you and I to increase our gifts and our talents to something else to make it more. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. Thirdly, We are to improve the gifts. Gifts need improving. This is what uh, the Apostle Paul said to Timothy. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. So we are to improve. Hone these gifts Get better at what you're doing for the Lord. God deserves the best from each one of us, doesn't he? Finally, be innovative. (laughs) That word. It means to invent or begin to apply new methods or ideas to your primary gift. Uh, if for some reason you can't use your primary gift for anything, do something else. If, if, if you're a musician and there just is no place at the moment for a musician, do something else. Use what you have for the Lord. Don't sit around and do nothing, but use what you have for the Lord. Um, So giving something back, the apostle said, I owe a great debt to you and to everyone else, both to civilized people and uncivilized alike. Yes, to the educated and uneducated alike. So to the fullest extent of my ability, I'm ready to come also to you in Rome to preach God's good news. I don't mind the long roads traveling on a donkey with robbers round the next bend because Christ has given me so much that I want to give something back. David said, what shall I render to the Lord for all his mercies to me? I will take the cup of salvation, call on the name of the Lord. What you have might seem very insignificant to you, but if it's in the hands of God, it can be so vital and so wonderful. Moses had a rod, God used it. Samson had a jawbone, and God used it. David had a sling and five stones, and God used that. The little widow had a pot of oil, and God used that. The little boy in the New Testament had five loaves and two fish, and the Lord used that. The widow in the temple had two copper coins, and she put them in the offering, and God used that. Everything that we have, if we bring it to the Lord, it becomes a ministry to others. Lastly, evangelism is a sign of a healthy church. <clears throat> to fulfil the command of Jesus to go and tell people. Now, I'm not a, a natural evangelist. I uh, um, I talk to people about the Lord and uh, invite folks along to the meetings um, when we we have events here that uh, you can invite guests along to. We had one just before Christmas called Winter Wonderland, and it was an event to to invite guests along, and I invited six people or so along. One person turned up, (laughs) but at least one showed up. And there's nothing I like to see more than people finding Christ as their Lord and Savior. Isn't it wonderful when people come to know the Lord? They pass from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. They're transformed and changed. You see, God loved the world. He loves people cares about people. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We have something absolutely wonderful when we, are, when we know the Lord and, and, and we're saved. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. There's a lovely story in the Old Testament about four lepers. And they uh, lived outside the city wall of Samaria. And a great army came, the Assyrian army came uh, and surrounded the city and they were trying to starve out the people in the city. And the famine was so severe that the people inside the city resorted to cannibalism now the four lepers they used to get scraps thrown to them outside the city wall but the people inside the city were so hungry they had nothing to give so these four lepers they had a little conference together and they said look if we stay here we're going to die if we go in the city There's a famine in the city, we're going to die there. Why don't we go to the camp of the Syrians and surrender to them? And if they keep us alive, we'll live, and if they kill us, we'll just die. So they went to the camp of the Syrians. But when they got there, they discovered the place was absolutely deserted. The Bible says that the Lord had caused a panic to hit that army, and they had fled for their lives. They thought a great foreign army was coming against them, and they had run for their lives. And there were uh, trinkets on the floor, garments on the floor as they went. They found donkeys and camels tied up, tents empty, laden with food. And these four leprous men, they couldn't believe what they were... uh, entering into, they went into one tent, they were having a feast, chicken legs the size of, I don't, you know, they were doing the whole Henry VIII thing, Uh, and steak, I don't know whether they had steak and chips or not, but they had a feast, honestly, death by chocolate, They were gorging and they were finding jewelry, gold and silver, and they were hiving it off and and, and putting it safe in somewhere where they could find it another time. And, And they were having the time of their lives. And then it happened to them. They looked at one another and they said, we do not well. This day is a day of great news And we're keeping quiet about it. There are thousands of people in that city that are starving to death. And we have more of what they need. We have what they need. Why don't we go and tell them we found something wonderful. And is that not what witnessing is? Is that not what telling your testimony is? It's just telling somebody you found something wonderful. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Haven't we found salvation? Haven't we found peace with God? Haven't we found a hope of eternal life? Haven't we found the fellowship of the Holy Spirit? Isn't it wonderful to be in the family of God, to be saved, to know our sins have been forgiven? Wouldn't you love? Wouldn't you love thousands of people to know the peace and the joy that comes through Jesus? Every time I look over, if I'm driving in the car, I see lots of houses, and say, like, "Oh Lord, I'd love these people just to come to know You." I had a very strong. I'm, I'm loath to call it a vision. It might be a vision in America, but. It was a strong impression on my mind and I saw a shipwreck and there were people in the ocean, they were all trying to get out, the waves were coming, but there were about four or five different boats that had come to help, to rescue them, and they were rescuing people from the water. And and once they got on the boat, the people who were rescued were so happy, so joyful, They'd gotten off dry, dried off, and then they were were happy, and they were singing and rejoicing that they were were saved from from the anger of the sea. And I saw in my mental picture, that's all they did. They just rejoiced in what they had, and they forgot that there were others who hadn't been rescued yet, they too needed to be saved. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. And you and I have been commissioned to help them find the Lord. And we're doing an alpha course now. We're doing things. You can, you can at least tell your testimony. Tell people what you were like before you met Jesus. Tell them how you met Jesus. And tell them what changes the Lord has made in your life. Just to share your testimony is a very powerful thing. And as I said to you, um, I've invited folks. come. I think to invite somebody is successful. I used to think at one time, success was if... If I invite somebody to church, they come to church and they get saved, that's success. No, success is asking. Success is sharing a word for the Lord. That's success. God is looking to you and me to be like these four leprous men. They they weren't very big in the world's estimation. All they did was say, they knocked at the city gate, they said... Would you tell everybody in the city there's enough food for everyone back there? And the wonderful thing is there's enough salvation for everyone in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus called Matthew, with this I'll close, Jesus called Matthew from the tax office And then Matthew did something that I think you and I can do as well, easily. Matthew made a great feast, and he got all his workmates in to the feast, and he invited Jesus in and his disciples. It was a ministry of mingling. (laughs) Invite some of your neighbors or your friends, maybe a couple, and a couple of Christians as well. Be selective with certain Christians. (laughs) Just a word of caution. (laughs) And just let them mingle. That's what Matthew did. He invited all his workmates, and he invited Jesus to a banquet. And it's nice. You can just walk across the room. You can just Be easy in somebody's presence. Amen. I want to, I've finished now, but I want to ask you to do something odd. Are we up for oddness? (laughs) I want you, I don't don't have I've got the nerve to do, to take your shoes off. Is, is that, that's strange, isn't it? Well, you've got a strange preacher, so. <clears throat> if you can, if you, if you, if you up bending, don't worry, just look at your shoes. <clears throat> okay, right, me, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm exempt. oh honestly you can't get away with anything at our house I'm listen I'm not very tall sweetheart (laughs) right right now what I would like you to do look at your feet would you look down at your feet and I'm going to read you a verse from the Bible okay Just look at your feet. Don't look at anybody else's. It's it's not nice. (laughs) All right, have you got a good view of your two feet? And I'm going to read to you this verse from the Bible. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news who proclaim peace, who bring good news, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.